This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatal. Back again with you guys for another show after Arsenal have battered, absolutely embarrassed Dean Smith and Norwich City, which is, you know, it's great. I love it. It's fantastic to see. It was fantastic to uh, to witness. Um, I'm just so overjoyed with how good uh, of a game that was and how well we're playing. And, you know, just... All of the aura and kind of the the enthusiasm around how young this team is and what they're producing and some of the football that they're playing and, you know, how everything's coming together. And even the things that we were criticizing in the past, like the senior players, Thomas Partey, Mikel Arteta, like all of these things that we were looking at as kind of negatives. Over the last month or so, they've really started to turn. They've really started to change and improve. And all the things that we really threw negatively, quite rightly at times, certainly is turning around and that's a really really positive and, and just a wonderful thing to see so let's say hello to everyone in the chat box hope you're doing good hope you're doing well uh and uh you're enjoying your days evening to julian in the chat box we've got sam five bloody nil fantastic stuff uh greg says erdegaard is really showing his brilliance now martinelli and saka scoring in marvelous fashion super sub smith row comes off the bench and scores again most of the game the boys looked so smooth uh, evening to Omar in the chat box, Audrey. Morning to Vinny. Uh, good morning to Carl. Good morning. I keep saying morning as if I'm doing the 8 a.m. show. Good evening. Evening, uh, Cena, Leopold. We've got Tahib in here as well. Uh, Thabo, um, Damien. I mean, yeah, Erdogan, fantastic stuff yet again. Um, peanut butter jelly time, Tom. You think we're a few signings away from challenging for the title? <laughs> Look, let's just let's get into the top six, t- top four would be great. Let's just get into the top six before we start thinking about things like that. We played Norwich. Let's just remember that. We played Norwich. We've played, you know, some teams that we should be beating. Let's let's chill on chat of titles, Jesus. Evening to Andy in the chat box. Uh, Dave Lincoln joins us in the chat. It's been a while. Good to have you back, mate. Uh, Mo Fella says, that's twice today, Tom. Good evening. Uh, Pablo, a good evening to you, mate. Stephen uh, as well. Fantastic stuff. Brilliant. 
Let's let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the highs, the lows. I'm going to be around here for the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, so make sure you get your comments into the chat box. I suppose that we do need to address very briefly uh, the Arsenal Wolves uh, situation. To me, this is good. For those that aren't in the know, Arsenal versus Wolves has been suspended or postponed, or however you want to like it, because of a COVID outbreak in the Wolves team, not because of the Arsenal situations, although we have had a fair few players. In fact, we had four right-back options test positive. And he's to make the Niles, Callum Chambers, Takahiro Tomiyasu, and Cedric all tested positive, which meant that Ben White played at right-back. And I thought he did quite well. One loose pass aside, I thought he did, you know, he was really solid. I liked the bite in his game. I liked him getting forward now and again. There was one moment where I really thought he was going to get an assist. I think it was in the second half and he ran down the right flank, but wasn't to be. But that versatility, you know, it's good to see. I wouldn't be playing him in the long term at right-back. But it shows that there's an option there in case that we need to go to that, in case we've got plenty of players out like we did today or we need to rotate. We've got that player there. And I think that's a really impositive thing. Um, let's jump to Omar, rest ahead of City. Good news. Uh, Stephen says, two world-class players away from challenging teams, centre mid and centre forwards. <laughs> I love the positivity, but I still think to think about titles at this stage is a little bit fanciful. Turkish, thanks for joining me in the chat, mate. Absolute pleasure. Hopefully we can link up at some point soon, mate. Uh, Vinny says, he was decent there and holding play well. It was top. Jason said, versatility is the key. Uh, Petru says, remember when we moaned about not getting Wendy <laughs> Never mind Petra about we moaned. Remember how I moaned. Our most viewed video in the summer transfer window was me moaning and moaning and moaning about not getting Emmy Buendia. Well, I couldn't care less that we didn't get Emmy Buendia because we've got a little kid called Erdegaard who is just delightful. He's just, he's just brilliant. I love every part of him. So, look, just so much... Um, versatility and elegancy and he just controls the game and I wrote a piece you probably seen it come up on your timelines thanks to Osman by the way who retweeted it um about kind of the the criticism that Erdogan has again faced and yes it is a little bit it's a little bit smug. It's a little bit, you know, it feels good when you're proven right about things. And to be fair, there's been so many things I've been wrong about. It's nice to have a thing I'm right about. But Martin Odegaard has just faced so much unfair criticism and quite rightly, I think, just deserves so much credit and defence of what he's produced over the last six-plus games. I mean, I think he's got three goals, three assists in his last six league games. It's really positive. Why is he not in my fantasy team? <laughs> why is he not in my... Because I don't have enough transfers. That's why. I make so many mistakes in fantasy. I can't even get him in. Although I have to say, I did quite well so far. And I still not have my captain play yet. Jason says, remember the days when Tom put a sad video after not signing Buendia? <laughs> remember the days? Remember when we did that? Uh, Mohammed says, Pepe was world-class when he came on, Tom. Did you see that Meza Ozil-esque assist? Threaded it through the Norwich defence to lay it on the feet of Smith Rowe. Saka's better watch out. Pepe back, baby. Hey, look, we're not going to get into a debate about how clear and obvious that was a shot from Pepe. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. Uh, but, Mohamed, I appreciate your candor and your sarcastic comment. It's brilliant. Um, the Brotherhood says, I was crying along with Tom about Buendia. I think a lot of us were. He looked, I mean, he looked to be a really great 
a great talent, produced so many. And maybe he would have been if he'd have signed for Arsenal. You can look at what he's doing at Villa and maybe it's not coming together. But if it had been somewhere else, maybe it would have worked. But it doesn't matter because we signed someone who's done a brilliant job. Paul says, Erdegaard, the love child of Wilshire and Fabregas. You know, I wrote a piece back, I think it was in September. I, I wrote about how what how Meza Ozil, for instance, didn't, wasn't going to work under Arteta and why he decided to move on to Erdegaard. And that was before Erdegaard's goals and assists started coming. And it's not to undermine Ozil's ability. Ozil was, you know, a player with unbelievably world-class ability. Didn't always consistently show it, but his ability was obviously there to see. But the thing that Erdegaard kind of brings to the table is the energy. His vision, his passing, his assist-making is not of the level of Ozil. Yet, I say yet, who knows in the future, maybe it could be. Um, but in regards to his pressing and the aggressiveness and the energy that he gives to the team, that's exactly what Mikel Arteta wants. And I think that's what he gets from Martin Odegaard. Uh, Runs with Cows says, when do you ever take time off? Um, I don't really. I took a day off yesterday, but it was Christmas. So I kind of get that off, but... I enjoy and love what I do. So how can I take a day off? I don't see when I I tell you what, when I have a day off and I don't do a show, there is part of me that feels a little bit empty, hollow. I feel like I should have done a show. I like doing this. This is a hobby. This is something that I love to do. And it's become a job, thankfully, as well. So, you know, I don't need to take time off because this is great. I suppose when I have my honeymoon and my wedding next year, that'll that'll probably be saying that I did actually <laughs> suggest the idea of me taking my laptop to Mauritius. Um, you know, she might kill me, but uh, the 8 a.m. shows must go on. <laughs> and I'll be in a different time zone. I can do it in the middle of the day. Um, I'm such a sad eye. Uh, Petru says, Smith has more goals than Cristiano Ronaldo. Think about this. Uh, Mike says, got players that actually care now, buzzing. You know, I was watching Harry's show in the background when I was finishing off my last article uh, for, for Football London before I wrapped up a, a few moments ago. Um and I loved what Harry, I asked Harry the question, what what do you see in this Arsenal team that you think no one's really talking about? And he answered it by saying the edge, the edge that this Arsenal team have. And I kind of like the naughtiness about it. I like the kind of change that we've seen. There was a little bit of a loss of control against Liverpool when Arteta just lost his mind to Klopp. And it did feel like not only he lost it, but the team kind of lost it. From that point, we obviously went on to lose 4-0. But there's been a bit of an edge to Arsenal since that game where I just feel like it's kind of controlled chaos. A little bit of a little nastiness that's okay. A little bit of the dark arts, a little bit of street smarts. Like I don't mind seeing that as long as it's not going over the top and it's costing you. But there's something that Arsenal have lacked in like the last decade. Something we've lacked since the days, as Harry pointed out, of your Invincibles where we were a bit mean at times. We've lacked that mean streak in our game and I'm, I'm kind of glad to see it back. Um, Matt G says, why is it uh, Why is it was only, insert out of form team, only relevant when it's Arsenal? Um, look, you're not going to find everyone saying that. You can only beat what's in front of you. And I think that Arsenal in this recent run of fixtures have shown against teams like West Ham, who have been very, very good up until that game, ironically, that, you know, we can do well against these sides. I think it's really good that we don't have the Wolves game. I think it's going to allow us to prepare for the Manchester City game. Hopefully, it will allow us to get players like Tommy Asu back from injury, as well, not injury, but from illness, of course. And hopefully, that 
combined so we can we can show something against it. I'm not I'm still not expecting us to win that game. City are as shown today, even though defensively they were found out a little bit by Leicester. But offensively they are an unbelievably good team. But Arsenal have proven to be improved defensively, annoyingly, just not against the likes of City, Liverpool and Chelsea and Man United. And that's the big thing for Arteta is that he's he's shown that he can improve us defensively against teams that we should be. But it's against those sides like Manchester City where we've come unstuck, undone. And that, you know, those same old errors and same old losses of concentration have bled into the game. And hopefully this game against Man City can be, you know, a measuring stick of where we've moved. I'm not saying that if we lose this game, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not saying that even if we can't get anything from this game, I'd lose my mind. I think it's about how we perform in that game. Expecting anything, feeling like we should win that game against City would be ridiculous. And so... I think that you've got to go into the game against City thinking this is an Arsenal team that at home have been very good, that are on a good run of form and that have a point to prove. And if we can play like we have played in the recent fixtures, who knows what's possible? We may lose. We probably will lose still. But I feel like there is a chance to show something in that game and not having the Wolves game, because if you still somehow missed the news, it's been postponed Tuesday's match, which I think is a good thing. Um, then... You know, I think it's a really good thing. Steph says, Xhaka was very good today. I think he was. I mean, other than the, the mindless tackle again, which cost him a yellow card, but that's always going to be, that's always going to be part of Xhaka's game. But I thought he was, I thought he was really solid. Um, I, again, I think there is always going to be questions about, his, uh, about kind of the long-term Xhaka in the team and can we get a better player than Xhaka, of course. But for now, especially when we lose Partey and Elneny to the African Cup of Nations, he's going to be important. He's going to be crucial to us against teams like Spurs. Like we go up against Spurs during that period. I think we'll play Burnley at home, which is, you know, it's just one of those banana skin games that you can just drop points in silly fashion. So Xhaka is going to be important for us in January when we are without Thomas Partey. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the team. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And fingers crossed we can push through without Partey. Who, by the way, I thought has been better. Partey's had a lot of criticism. People describing him as a flop. I think he's been disappointing. But I think actually in the last three games especially, he has been improved in every other fixture. So I've been happy with how Partey's responded. I give him nowhere near a 4 out of 10 for those performances. He's definitely in the positive end of the spectrum. So that's definitely improved. And what I tell you else, and Lacazette falls into this, and I, I alluded to this at the start of the show, is that the senior players, your Jackers, your Partey's, your Lacazette's, they've been good. Those players, the senior guys who we've had big questions about, have definitely been good. And I think that's one of the biggest things about this last run of games. The Southampton, the West Ham, um, who else have we beaten? Leeds, uh, and of course, Sunderland, and now uh, Norwich City. Is I've taken a lot more positives, a lot more encouragement from these fixtures compared to that entire 10-game unbeaten run that we went on. Because when we went unbeaten for 10 games between Norwich and what was the last game before Liverpool? I can't remember. Was it Watford? I think it might have been Watford or Newcastle, one of the two. But between that that 10-game unbeaten run that we went on, I could pick holes in so many of the performances. We weren't creating enough goals. There were players that weren't performing to the top of their level. The opposition were very poor. And whilst I think a couple of the oppositions we played in this recent run have also been quite poor, I think it's very, very 
it's much, much more difficult to criticise the team in the same way that you could criticise the team during that 10-game unbeaten run. we now got the fourth best goal difference in the league. We've got our XGs improving all the time. We're not fortunate to be fourth in the table anymore. We're fourth in the table and it's reflected in our attacking and defensive stats and our home record. And all of those things combine to completely nullify the argument that we are fortunate to be fourth. Yes, there is an element of fortune in the sense that other teams like Man United and Spurs have got a lot of games in hand over us, but they've still got to win those games. And there's going to be some tough fixtures. I mean, Spurs are getting very fortunate to play against 10 men half the time. And Man United are a real bit of a loose cannon. You don't really know what you're going to get from them. So I have confidence that even when Spurs and United make up those games in hand, we'll still be in a very favourable position in our chase for that top four. And at the start of the season, I always said top six is the expectation. We had the fifth best squad in the league. United, City, Chelsea, Liverpool have a better squad than us. They should be finishing in the top four. We will have to overachieve to get into the top four. But if we can get close to that top four or even better in it, it shows the progression that's been made in just the last 12 months at the end of the season. But there's a lot of there's a lot of football and a lot of big games that have still got to come. Uh, Kamal says, Tom, do you think Aubameyang's absence has been felt as much off the pitch as it has improved the changing room dynamics? In regards to what's gone on behind the scenes, I can't comment. I don't know. I, he's always been thought of as a very good character amongst the players. So I don't think his absence has helped in that respect. However, I do think his absence from the team on match day on the pitch has definitely definitely improved things for Arsenal. Lacazette and the way in which Lacazette plays with the players around him just suits us. I think I, think I said something earlier like Arsenal are playing with 11 men again. And I know that sounds really harsh on Aubameyang, but having Lacazette who drops in, links up play, vacates space for Martinelli and Saka to run into, it, it does feel like we have an extra man in attack. And John in our WhatsApp group pointed that out as well. And I think that that's really, really important is that Arsenal are playing as it, as if they've got an additional player on the field with Lacazette. And I think and I'm writing a piece about it that's going to come out early tomorrow morning, UK time, about how that needs to allude to the type of striker that Arsenal must bring in. We have to bring in someone who's hardworking. We have to bring in someone that links up play well. We have to bring in someone who's clinical, someone that scores goals. I think also someone that's good in the air, because whilst Lacazette doesn't have that, just adding that additional element to our game. I mean, the amount of crosses that Kieran Tierney puts in to a, that would be brilliantly for you know your dominant Calvert-Lewin to this world and that we just don't have that kind of striker I just feel like if we can bring in someone that can combine all the characteristics of Lacazette with someone that's good in the air and that's more consistent and fitter and someone's got a bit more pace about him and I know I'm not asking for much but you know I just feel like there's an, an opportunity for Arsenal to take themselves to the next level in terms of attack if we sign the right player. Pablo says, all I wanted was to compete for top four this season and we are doing exactly that. ADT says, in my opinion, Jacker and Partey doesn't work as a partnership. I think there are games where they've done well, like today. I think there are games where they've done really, really well, like Spurs and the North London derby. But there are other games where it's not necessarily worked. Uh, Everton, it didn't work at all. So I think that there are opportunities to see more 
But I also think that we are going to have to move on from this partnership eventually. Lukonga needs to come back into the fold at some point because he gives us a lot. I love Lukonga. I think he's great. And I think he's been really hard done by to not in getting this team. Uh, and I also think that if you the argument that Xhaka provides a lot to the left flank is true, but Lukonga showed in many games this season, Aston Villa is a really good example of that, of what Lukonga can bring you from an influential passing perspective. He was in three of the top five passing combinations for that game against Villa, I think. And he can be a really solid attribute and, you know, benefit to the side. Graham says, Tom, would you go for Svanberg in January? Yes. Um, yes, I would. Uh, with a loan for a centre forward, it would allow us to loan out Mar uh, Maitland-Niles and Balogun. Yeah, look, I think if you're going to let go of Balogun and Ketia, I think you have to bring in a striker at least on loan. If you're going to get rid of Maitland-Niles and you're losing Partey and Elneny, you're going to have to bring a midfielder. Look, Svanberg's a great option. Genuinely a really solid midfield option that I want to do more content around and I'm going to be looking to do a tactical breakdown of him as soon as possible because um, he's someone I really like. And I think that from watching, you know, just bits and pieces, either on Scout or catching some games, he's a versatile midfielder that could be that kind of offensive element from deep. And you know those games that we've kind of suffered with sometimes where we're playing against a team that we're dominating and we could have that extra kind of offensive element in midfield that plays in a slightly deeper position that is too risky to play kind of Erdegaard or Smith Rowe alongside Jack or Apartheid. Well, Svanberg can be that. Svanberg can be that. He's not Santi Cazorla, but he can give kind of the Santi Cazorla Coquelin vibe to the team. So you have your kind of defensive, disciplined Coquelin, Partey or Xhaka, and then you have the more expressive, offensive pivot player next to him, which was obviously previously Santi Cazorla. So I do feel like someone like that would be really good for the team. Vinny says, how will the team cope if we get an injury to Lacazette? Honestly, I don't know. And probably not well. And that shows you how important it probably is to bring in someone in January. Um, Petru says, Arsenal are reborn, just like holding's hairline. Um, the Thabo says, KT crosses would have been brilliant for Shamak and Bentner. Um, Sakub says, Wolves game off is great for Arsenal. Players have rest and can be fresh for the Man City match. Also, injury risks are reduced with the proper rest between games. Uh, Levi says, long-term striker is a priority, but we are one injury away from a disaster in our midfield. Uh, Agnasty says, why is Lukonga not playing? Because he can't get into the team right now. I still think he should be getting more minutes and should be playing. Obviously, he has been, he had tested positive for uh, for the dreadedness um, that is, you know what, but uh, unfortunately, he still, in my view, should have been playing in the Everton game, in the Man United game, but he didn't get those chances and we suffered. He deserves to be in the team, that's for sure. Uh, Zander says, Tommy Asu needs to get on the blower and put in a good word on Arsenal's behalf to Bologna. Absolutely. Um, West Mid says, God bless you, brother. Wish you a great new year and yourself, man. Have a fantastic one um, and your family as well. I hope it's a very, very prosperous year for us all. Uh, Z Blogger says, hi, Tom. Should Arteta have played Maitland-Niles or Suarez? Cedric at right back as they're supposed to be specialists in that position. Look, both of them were were tested positive for COVID. So, you know, they weren't even going to be in the team today. Should they get more chances? Probably not. They don't get in the team. So I have to say no is, is the answer. Uh, D-Jan says, uh, Tom, do you think we will have another slump like after the Liverpool game if we lose to City? I hope not. I mean, we responded against City in the first time around. We beat Norwich. We responded after Liverpool. We res yeah, we responded after Liverpool against Newcastle quite well. But then obviously we lost against United and we lost against Everton. And those two games 
really highlighted some of the issues in the side. But I think that we we definitely underperformed in those fixtures. I don't think those fixtures, especially the one against, to be honest, the, the United game could have gone either way, but I didn't think we played great. I still think we allowed Man United way too much respect for the United side that they were. The Everton game, both sides were awful. I mean, it was interesting. I broke down Martinelli's performance on the Arsenal way with David Hughes and Martinelli had one defensive duel attempted. He succeeded in it, but just one defensive duel. And I think if Martinelli's not on top form and not kind of, you know, getting involved and breaking up play and recovering possession and not as tr- not giving you that kind of element to the game, I think that bleeds into the rest of the side. And I think that alone is a really good kind of barometer of when Arsenal are really on it. Because if you look at the last three games besides uh, Sunderland and today's game against Norwich against um, Leeds, West Ham and Southampton, he was averaging, I think, around six or seven defensive duels and winning most of them. And that when you, when Arsenal are in that kind of mood where they're just gunning for the opponent... There's very little that they can do about it. Paul says, would you describe Yusuf Nezri as that goal-scoring link-up pressing forward and would he adapt to the Premier League? I wouldn't describe him as a pressing forward. I think he's got link-up play. He's definitely a goal-scorer. He's definitely good in the air. I would lean towards Calvert-Lewin, though, because of the hard-working, pressing side to his game that maybe he lacks. And Vlaovic is similar. Like Vlaovic isn't going to give you the pressing unless it can be trained into him, and maybe it can. But what he is going to give you is a lot of goals. He's very clinical. He's good. Like he's, he's more physical. He needs to improve his aerial game, does Vlaovic, but it's still a good part of things. I think there's a lot to come from him. And the issue with him is that he doesn't seem keen on a move to Arsenal. So I still do end up leading more towards Calvert-Lewin, but that is just me. Uh, Jamie Sharp, absolute legend, joining up as a member. Members in the chat box, welcome, uh, Jamie, to the crew. If you are indeed an expert member or a TGT ambassador, you can join our Discord server and have the chance to even come on the show for the preview show, which the next one's going to be day before New Year's Eve. So the 30th will be the preview show, as long as I'm not busy. Uh, I don't think I am. There should be a preview show on the 30th of December uh, that you guys can be able to tune in for. So uh, give Jamie a big welcome in the chat box, people. Uh, George Wright says, hope people don't start considering Man City match as a free hit. Continue playing as we are would be great to get a point. No game is a free hit. Uh, the idea of this free hit is I don't really like it. I, I think that I get the theory behind it, but I think it's worded in the wrong way. Man City for me is a game that, you know, if we lose, I'm not going to lose my mind. If we lose badly and we lose like we did against Liverpool, where we just didn't try, that will again raise plenty of concerns. And quite rightly, that Man City game is going to be all about measuring where we've come how we have changed from that 5-0 defeat, from the 4-0 defeat against Liverpool, seeing what's changed. It's not a free hit. It's a game that, you know, if we lose, as I say, it's not the end of the world, but it's something that we certainly should be looking to try and get something from. And I think that, you know, teams have got points from Man City this season. I think teams have got joy from Man City this season and we need to try and and do our best but they are on a ridiculous run of form they've won a ridiculous amount of games so it's going to be very very hard so there you go um p trim says tom your top three prospects for gettable future center forward prospects i mean prospects you're talking about young players and young players i mean you're looking at kareem adiemi is an obvious one who else are you looking at um 
a get up of Vlaovic, obviously, still 21 years of age, unless he's just turned 22. So Adiemi, Vlaovic, and who's another young striker that's doing quite well? Um, my mind's gone completely blank. Uh, um, but someone will be able to shout, shout one into the chat box, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, Vlaovic, Adiemi, the two that do come to mind. I'm trying to think of another. It's just not coming to me. This is what happens when you stop playing FIFA. You stop worrying about all these other leagues and things, especially when you're just focusing on Arsenal. Um, maybe we've even got one of our own in, um, uh, in, in what's his face, Balogun. I mean, why can't you say that Balogun is, is one of those? Uh, <laughs> there's some really funny options. Jonathan David's a good shout. Still only 21, of course. He's, he's a good shout in there as well. Isaac, 22. Um, there are a lot of young strikers out there that we could look to. Uh, and agree, I like this young squads. I do worry sometimes that we're going too young. And, you know, we could have an average age of like 22. And then you're thinking, where's the experience coming from? I feel, I still do think that you need to add that balance to the team. Uh, Aaron. <laughs> hey, Tom. Uh, Aaron, if you didn't know, tuned into one of our previous shows and decided to call me Chris. Clearly been watching the Arsenal way and getting me mixed up with Chris Davison. Unbelievable stuff. Come on, me and Chris don't look anything like each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you doing well, mate? If we could bring a quality backup, uh, right-back replacement for Tommy Yasu and a frighteningly clinical centre-forward, then you're laughing. I would be laughing, mate. I would be absolutely laughing. I'm not laughing when you keep calling me Chris. <laughs> I'm not Chris Davidson, or Davison, rather. Uh, you should go give him a follow on Twitter. Um, Petru says, hypothetically, maybe we should play Tommy at centre-back and white. No. No, there's no hypotheticals for me in that. In that regards, White's a centre-back. Tommy Asu's great at right-back. Use them in the right positions. That is what I would say. Oh, yeah, Graham. Tom, <laughs> I would consider making a move for Patrick Schick. So would I. In the summer from Leverkusen, I think he's averaging around a goal every game. 25 years old and presses from the front and international football as well. I agree with you. If we sign Schick, he would be, I would be very, very happy with that. I think he's a good striker. Um <laughs> Chris is not going to be happy with that comment, Manu. He's, he's not going to be happy with that at all. Uh, Mr. Joe Kerr says, are there any merits to signing Jack or would it be nostalgia? Personally, for me, it would be a charitable gesture. Look, I don't know how he's performing in training. We're told that he's performing very, very well. If you said to me, you can sign Jack Wilshere in January or you don't bring in anyone. I think it just makes sense to obviously say, well, add him, add something to the team. It makes complete sense to do that. But yeah, it's just uh, it's just something I'm not keen about with that. It's just something doesn't quite sit right with that. Uh, Ajax in the chat, uh, AJQs. I don't know why I said Ajax, but I feel like it would be that. AJQ says, uh, thanks for the donation, mate. Seriously, who else scored off the bench three times in a row in the Premier League? Is there a stat for this? Emil Smith-Throw is different. He's loving life, isn't he? It makes you think if he was starting, how many goals would he have? But where do you play him? How does he get in the team? Like, I don't know where he gets in the team. I imagine he probably would have started the game against Wolves. But where does he play? Like, How does he get in front of Martinelli or Odegaard or, or Saka? He doesn't right now. You can't drop any of those guys. It's a really tough one. It's a real tough one. West Mids, if you hate Tottenham, smash the like button. Smash that like button, people. What are we on? I need to check. Uh, I don't even know how many likes we're on at the moment. But if you haven't dropped a like on the video yet, make sure that you do. We're on 100, 107. 
Oh, there's 600 odd of you watching. What, what's going on? Why are you pressing that like button? Smash that like button, people. Um, Erin, only joking, mate. Uh, hear me out here. What would it take for Arteta to do in order to convince Vlaovic uh, to join the club? Do we show him the table, then show him the, uh, that he's the missing piece? Look, I don't think... Thanks again for the donation, Erin. Um, I don't think that you're going to convince him in January. I think he'll stay to the summer. You've got to get Champions League. You've got to offer him a lot of money. And you've got, to, you've got to offer him a project. You've got to show him something that he can get on board with and that he's going to be the absolute star of the show. I think that's what you've got to do. You've just got to sell him an, the absolute... Um, you've got to send the absolute dream of a move. And that's tricky if you don't have Champions League football. And that's the bottom line with Laovic, is if you need him, if you want him... You need that kind of football. Uh, Bibex says, do you think we can finish in top four? Also, what will you prefer, top six and a trophy or top four? It's a really good question because I never want to undermine the, the getting a trophy. But if you said that Arsenal can finish in the top four or top six with the FA Cup, oh, it's so hard because my, my head says top four because it would do so much for us going forwards and it would give us such it would give us so much more ability to to get players but when i'm 80 years old and i look back and i go oh 2021 was that the year we got into the top four was that the year we won an fa cup and i'll remember the trophies more but i just feel like i lean in this case towards the top four because it would just be it would just be so big for this team to be back in the Champions League and arguably it would allow us to then be you know allow us to win more trophies because of the players that we could sign in the future but I'm really torn I'm not absolutely 100% on either on on that side it's so difficult um it's so difficult to uh, to see us get there but we'll have to wait and see um what happens and hopefully it's taken out I mean it will be taken at my hands I have absolutely no bearing on Arsenal's results but we'll have to wait and see um Ed says, when was the last time we had a guy as in form as Emil Smith-Rowe? Couldn't get in the team. All of a sudden, it feels like we're ahead of schedule with a very young side. Martinelli, maybe. <laughs> he was pretty darn good. Couldn't get in the team. Uh, who else was on the bench for a while that couldn't get in the side that was really good? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, that's a really good question, uh, Ed. I can't think of someone who was genuinely as good as Smith-Rowe is and couldn't get in the side. Really good question. Um, Antonio Banks says, some Arsenal fans want Ramsey back. Why? I think we have to stop this sentimental nonsense uh, and move forward rather than take old faces back. I do tend to agree. Again, though, if you said it was Aaron Ramsey or no one, I think obviously, you know, bringing in um, bringing in a player to add to the strength of the midfield is always going to be, you'd think, beneficial. But uh, who knows? Manu says, who I know love C.D. de Catalea from Brugge, uh, but you have to talk to Drew about Montonda from Circle Brugge. It's also a team in Bruges. Uh, he's from the city uh, youth, and he's smashing it on loan from Schalke. I mean, Montonda, I swear, is he the guy that left... An English team. Uh, did he leave? Yeah, he was at Man City and he went to Schalke, but he's doing very well. Three goals in 11 league games for Circle Bruges. Oh, Le Circle Bruges. So uh, there you go. Um, someone to look at. But I'm sure, yeah, he was the guy that left City. I remember him leaving. Uh, remember Matt Ryan? <laughs> Why would you throw that in, mate? That's <laughs> no sense. Uh, Benjamin Parfit says, is it time for all or nothing yet? God damn, yeah. Oh, mate, that's going to be so good. 
It's going to be such, such a good series to watch. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to watch that. It's going to be so, so exciting, intriguing, ups, downs, roller coaster emotions. And hopefully, man, a top four finish at the end would be something special, something really special. Uh, Girish says, Tom, what's your opinion on Pep, uh, Pepe, uh, US men's national team guy, and Mana Solomon? Uh, I don't know who Pepe is. <laughs> who, who is Pepe? Um, Ricardo Pepe, 18-year-old, senior career, 15 goals in 55 games from as a striker. I've genuinely, I don't know anything about him. Um, but he plays for FC Dallas. He seems to be the one of the next players on, you know, one of those next stars that's coming through. Fabrizio Romano has tweeted about him. He tweeted about him in he tweeted about him today. Uh, prepared to leave Dallas for a new European chapter in January. Deal not completed yet, but advanced. His agent met with many clubs from Wolves to Ricardo's dream club, Real Madrid. But Pepe is now in talks to join one Bundesliga club. Uh, so it looks like he's off to the Bundesliga, uh, Pepe does. But uh, I've never heard of him, Girish. But in, in terms of Mana Solomon, I'm not sure he's of the level required. Uh, I think that we can do better than him. Uh, Omar, why are you still throwing in Arteta out? What are you doing? You lo <laughs> loser. <laughs> We're coming in here and throwing Arteta out into the chat room. Sammy says, big up, good to talk. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, Sammy. I hope you had a fantastic day. Uh, Vinny says, Tom, do you think fans sense a perspective this season? Um, we are going to be inconsistent, but we are progressing. It makes no sense to have a meltdown the next time we lose. It doesn't, Vinny, but it will happen. It's what we do. It's what we expect. It's what we've come to understand at Arsenal is that losses equal meltdowns. It's just the way that it goes. It's just the way that it is. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, there will be a meltdown, but fingers crossed it's something that we can move past pretty quick. There is 700 of you watching, people, over on Twitch and on YouTube. Please drop a like on the video. It's always an absolute pleasure to join you after games. I'll be live tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the next show, for the every day, 8 a.m. UK time, if you aren't part of the crew, the early morning crews. If you're in the U.S., Set your alarms. Get up at 3 a.m. I've been telling people to go back to bed, but I don't care anymore. Get up. Set those alarms at 3 a.m. Even if you're in the U.S. West Coast, 1 a.m., join us and uh, become part of the early morning crew. If you're in the East, you're lucky because you can <laughs> come watch us at a very reasonable hour. Um, SMK, thank you so much. N-O-K. I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know what that is. Should we want to, should we want to try and get Holland. Um, I think obviously we should try, but the likelihood of us getting Holland is so slim because of the clubs that are going to be in for him. Look, if you want to get Holland, minimum Champions League. We've got Erdogan. He's got we've got his best mate. Use him. Convince Holland to join the club. That's what we want to see. Um Giri says, Tom, how on board are you with the Arteta stage train? Uh, I still very much, you know, I, I said I was going to be on the fence. I am on the fence. Because as, as quickly this run has formed, it could very quickly go downhill again. And it, it's been so unpredictable this season that I just, I'm just happy supporting Arsenal. I don't necessarily want to get drawn into this debate about the manager every single game. I'm liking what I'm seeing. If Let's see where we are at the end of the season. If we get into the top four, amazing. If we get into the top six, we've progressed. I'm happy. If we'd miss out on top six then there's going to have to be consequences. But I'm happy with what I'm seeing. Let's not get into a debate about the manager. Let's just enjoy what we're seeing on the pitch right now. That's that's the most important thing is that we're happy as Arsenal fans. And I'm a happy Arsenal fan right now. I can't, I can't say I'm not happy. 
So that's where I'm at. Um, we're going to wrap things up there, people. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you've been absolute legends. Um, do, if you're watching on playback, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know what you think about anything that's gone on today. Do join us tomorrow. Uh, go watch our reaction over on the Arsenal way as well. We're just uh, hit over 6,000 subs over there. We're on our way to 29,000 subs here. So thank you so much for the continued support, people. Go check out all the other Arsenal content creators that have been making brilliant content after the game as well. And uh, yeah, I'll be with you tomorrow morning. And uh, there won't be a preview show anymore because the Wolves game got cancelled. But hopefully that means we can do a podcast of some sort on Tuesday, probably. Let's see if we can get some of the regulars in if they, you know, if they, if they can be bothered. <laughs> have a fantastic evening, people. See you again very, very soon. Uh, have a fantastic end of the year. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.